It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Raptors, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hey, how's it going? Welcome to episode number 403 of Locked On Raptors for Thursday, October 25th. I am your host, Sean Woodley of RaptorsHQ.com. You can find me on Twitter, as always, at WoodleySean. Find the show at Locked On Raptors, where you can find links to every single episode. And, of course, make sure you're checking out the Locked On Podcast Network team-focused shows for all 30 NBA teams. we got Locked On Fantasy with Josh Lloyd, Locked On NBA with David Locke, and today on Locked On NBA, David Locke, uh, had Ben Golliver on for the first of his weekly appearances on that show. Ben Golliver, of course, of SI and the Open Floor podcast. Uh, ben rules, and he's very good at talking about the NBA, and him and Locke together will make an excellent combination, so make sure you're listening to that every week. Sam Amick is also a weekly guest on the show now, I believe on Tuesdays, so make sure you're listening to those episodes as well, and every episode of Locked on NBA, because it's a daily show, bunch of hosts from across the network take part and uh, help fill in all the days there, and it's a, it's a great listen if you want the latest on last night's games in the NBA, or whatever you're interested in, it's going to be covered on Locked on NBA. Also, if you find another show on the network, a team-focused show that you like, whether it's the NBA, the NFL, or the College Network, make sure you're subscribing, rating, and reviewing to those shows on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, Google Play, all the places you get your podcasts. It's very, very helpful. Very nice of you to do. It's a free podcast, so the, all we ask is that you listen to a couple ads and leave a rating and a review, and that's pretty much the entire payment you have to give. And I think that's a pretty fair trade-off. So please, go to Locked on Raptors on iTunes, leave a rating or a review. We've got a whole bunch of them. I think we are like the most reviewed show on the network, which is pretty cool and awesome of you guys. So let's build that lead. Uh, very much appreciate anyone who's left a rating or a review and or plans to in the future. It's very, very cool of you, and I'm forever in your debt. All right, on today's show, just going to kibitz about the Raptors beating the Wolves 112-105 with Kawhi Leonard dropping 35 points. And to do so with me is our pal Vivek Jacob. How's it going, buddy? Pretty good. I have had uh, an extremely productive day, so pretty proud of myself. Well, humble brag over here. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to keep it going. I think by the end of the day, I'll have a productive day. I'm going to have a couple podcasts on the go later today. I also have two basketball games I have to play in, which will be fun. I'm already in my, nice. I'm already in my gear to go play basketball three hours ahead of time, just getting ready for it. So, do you have what's your basketball gear like? Is there a headband? Is there an arm sleeve? No, it's mostly uh, my shoes, some shorts, and uh, my Raptors Republic three on three jersey that I wear, and uh, that's about it. You know, you got to wear the jersey where you've had the biggest successes of your career, right? Because I made it to the uh, the, don't never forget I made it to the semifinals of the Raptors Republic three on three tournament. It was pretty cool, although. There's a blogger that I came across last night uh, calling the McMaster basketball game who is on Raptors Internet, writes for Raptors Republic, who is definitely better than me at basketball and would definitely go further. Shouts to Colin Connors, who, in addition to being a very good blogger for Raptors Republic and the Dream Shake, is also a very good guard for the Waterloo Warriors. I believe he had nine points last night, hit a few threes, threw some nice dimes. 
Uh, shouts to Colin. It was nice meeting him last night. I'm sure Colin will be on the podcast at some point soon. Um, but because of that McMaster game going on, I was not able to watch the Raptors game in real time. And then my PVR decided to spaz out on me, and the entire recording was like skippy. So I didn't bother watching a skippy game in which I only saw one second of action every five seconds. So uh, I watched the condensed game today. I've watched Kawhi Leonard's highlights a few times. I've watched his no-look steal off of Gorgie Jang or whoever it was that threw the pass about 100 times. I'm not really focused on the guy throwing the pass there. I'm more focused on the insane basketball monster who was throwing at himself at a ball without looking at it and stealing it. Um, so I've watched that about a million times. But you watched the game. You were there, right? Uh, last night, no, I was not there. Oh, was you were not there. Today. Okay, but you've watched the game? Right. Okay. Well, so, all right. We, well, let's just, like, get the little Coles notes on what happened and sort of your biggest takeaways, I suppose, from the Raptors moving to 5-0 and with their win against the Wolves. Uh, I guess we can start with Kawhi? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think uh, off the top, the first thing that was interesting to see was just how high um, Carl Anthony Towns was playing. Um, and hedging off the pick and roll, mm-hmm. um, and I think uh, Blake already wrote about this. Where you know, I think teams are so cognizant of um, Kyle just pulling up as soon as he sees a little bit of daylight that uh, Thibodeau had Towns sort of hedge high. Mm-hmm. But what that was doing was it was allowing Ibaka to roll, and Lowry always had the angle for the pass, and they were just daring uh, Ibaka to sort of be creative inside. Um, and you know, he was either scoring. Uh, or he was able to actually kick it back out for some threes. And I thought, uh, again, you know, another effective night for Ibaka, another effective night for Jonas Valanciunas. The two pigs are combining to do a lot of damage. Um, interestingly enough, uh, it's Ibaka getting it done inside and JV in this one <laughs> making two threes. Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So, you know, Nurse has already talked about uh the commitment that both Jonas and Serge have shown to playing their roles and being happy, you know, whether it's coming off the bench, whether it's coming, uh, having their name announced as a starters, uh, as a starter, mm-hmm. um, you know, JV had that great quote, uh, when someone asked him about, you know, not hearing his name called out in the starting lineup. And he said, Oh, don't worry. They'll hear my name regardless. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, so, you know, that, that, that again, you know, bodes well going forward in the long-term success of, you know, Nurse mi- mixing and matching. Uh, back to the game. Um, again, yeah, beyond, beyond that pick and roll that Lowry just consistently abused because, you know, they were taking away his shot, um, but he was getting others involved. Um, yeah, outside of that, obviously the big story would be Kawhi, 35 points on 23 shots. Um, you can just see the pop on his jumper coming back. Um, he seems a lot more comfortable recognizing his spots, uh, not sort of just trying to fit in or look for others. Or, you know, when, when his time comes, he, he just takes whatever the defense gives him. And when they don't give him, <laughs> when he's not doing that, he's just bullying people in the post and finishing anyway. So, um, I thought it was really great to see in the fourth quarter. Uh, he went at Jimmy Butler a little bit and had some great uh, f- finishes. Whether you know he had some fadeaways, he had some plays off the bounce where uh, he was able to break them down. So I think uh, that's the type of stuff that you want to see. And then obviously you mentioned that ridiculous steal <laughs> that I don't think I've ever seen uh, anyone make a play like that before, where 
you know, they kind of get caught backdoor, but Kawhi's instincts are so good that I guess without even seeing the ball, he understood the angle that was there for the pass and so just dove to where it needed to go mm-hmm. and came up with the ball. Um, the crazy part is Danny Green saying at practice practice today that he's actually seen uh, Kawhi do that before. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so... Um, yeah, if, they, if that's the stuff that we have to get accustomed to seeing, um, great for us. Uh, that's going to be a nightmare for every opponent that uh, the Raptors have to deal with. And yeah, again, like I don't think anyone, you know, if, so, if someone would have told me, you know, for the first uh, couple of months, say November and December, Kawhi is going to look like, you know, a top 15-ish player. And then by January, he's going to like look, you know, in that sort of five to ten range, and then come March and April, that's when he really starts to peak. I would have said that probably sounds about right. Mm-hmm. Uh, but to see him already look at this top five level, I think is ridiculous. Um, you know, it, I think again, if I had to think about why this is happening so quickly for the Raptors, because I think that was the biggest thing, right? Like, mm-hmm. you look at adjusting to Kawhi, adjusting, you know, Danny Green adjusting as well. I think the big difference, um, say, just, you know, to compare co- compare and contrast with uh, the Celtics, is there is a very defined hierarchy on this team. Everyone mm-hmm. understands that Kawhi is the number one, Kyle Lowry is the number two, and then you just go from there. I think what you're seeing a bit with the Celtics is you know a team that has a lot of great options but doesn't know who comes first Mm -hmm. you know is it Kyrie who's coming off the injury who's trying to prove that you know he can get away from LeBron and have his own team is it Jason Tatum who showed over the postseason last year that this is kind of his team uh now he's trying to emerge as you know one of the best young players in the game um Gordon Hayward has talked about almost you know uh, being a little bit upset that it the Celtics went all the way to the conference finals without him, mm-hmm. um, almost feeling like they didn't even need him. So he's got something to prove as well. So I think there's a little bit of that. Obviously, that's something that can change with time and they might sort out and everything will be fine. But I think right now, that's the difference between the two. Shocker that the 35th best player in the league or something is not like all that important on a very good team. I don't know. Screw Gordon Hayward. <laughs> anyway, um, but this is Jake from Locked On. Locked On has teamed up with State Farm to spotlight some of the greatest supporting players in NBA history. After beating the Heat led by LeBron James and Dwayne Wade in 2011, Dirk Nowitzki won an NBA title and proved himself to be one of the greatest basketball players of all time. But there was one player in the starting lineup for the last three games of the finals that helped support Dirk all the way to a championship, J.J. Barea. Led by J.J. and Jason Terry, the Mavs' second unit proved to be the strength throughout the playoffs, where they led the NBA in bench scoring. But for games 4, 5, and 6 in the NBA Finals, Mavs coach Rick Carlisle inserted Berea into the starting five to help the Mavs space the floor and put more playmaking around Dirk. J.J. Berea had a knack for running the pick-and-roll with Dirk that helped the Mavs score more efficiently on their run to a title. Dirk Nowitzki couldn't score the way he did if he didn't have much-needed support from someone like J.J. Berea. Sometimes, you and I need that kind of support, too. Think of State Farm like a pivotal team player. When you need help protecting the things that matter most, remember the jingle and just say, like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Back to the Raptors. I think the point you made about the hierarchy is really interesting and kind of like right on the money because I think even just the way that they've split up the center minutes now with Serge and Jonas just splitting time, 
and not sharing the floor at all together. Like that also helps kind of iron out that hierarchy, right? Because you assume like those guys are the third guy when they're on the court, assuming they're with Kyle and Kawhi. And obviously that changes depending who they're in there with. But like, it is just like all of the wings seem to know exactly what they're doing. Like, yeah, they're there to play some defense and hit some threes. And, you know, uh, the bench, we we can talk about the bench. It hasn't been awesome. But the the way that Jonas has played with it and same with Serge, although Jonas, I think has been a bit more of like an offensive staple for it. Um, like it's everyone just kind of seems to know exactly what they're doing, and we could be. I guess after the last two games, they had 26 assists on 46 made field goals in the last game, so slightly over 50 percent. Uh, the previous game, they had 36 on 50, but before that, they had like a 52 percent assist ratio, which is like fine. It's not like it's not amazing. It's not amazing is relative when you're talking about assist percentage, because I think a lot of it kind of depends on the style of team that you want to be. But like, I don't know, it's down 7% or whatever, whatever it was from what it was last year, which was 59%. But I'm very okay with like seeding some possessions where you take 18 seconds of beautiful ball movement and cuts and screens and passes, and you just replace that with Kawhi breaking down a dude and scoring. Like that—that's the thing that you want with a superstar, right? Is like, oh, th- like this guy's hot. Okay, let's just have him carry the offense for a while. We don't have to tire ourselves to do Utah Jazz shit and get a good shot after 15 seconds of diligent work. Like you don't have like that's the, the sort of cheat code of having a superstar, which. I think Raptors fans are... Last night, I guess, was the first real example of like, oh, 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 this is what it's like to have this kind of player, which is uh, pretty cool, I gotta say. And it's gonna take a little bit of getting used to, but I, I mean, god damn it. He's just so, so insanely good. Let's talk about the bench, though, because the bench has... Uh, do you have something you wanted to add there? Well, I mean, you were rolling to the bench, so I mean, yeah. I was just gonna tie in, you know, when you were talking about the assist percentage, you know, I think, obviously, you, you're dead on the money about the Kawhi uh, isolations and able, being able to just bully people. Um, but I think the other part of that is also the fact that the bench hasn't really found hit their stride yet. Yeah. Um, and obviously that has a lot to do with uh, DeLong being, being absent and then Fred uh, being absent for the last game. So once we get those two back and those two ball handlers are able to get everyone involved, then I think you'll see that assist percentage uh, shoot up again. Um, and again, it's, this isn't a bad thing at all, or it's not—it's not a bad number by any means. But it, it, I think the fact that the Raptors are where they're at, and there's still plenty of room to improve, mm. uh, is something that is definitely worth getting excited for. It's a very good team. Um, the thing with Kawhi, just to touch on him one more sec before we move to the bench, like. He just seems stronger than everybody. He plays like a big man, even though he's a wing and has, like, incredible wing-slash-guard skills. But, like, the way he just, like, moves people out of the way, it's very, like, prime, like, whatever great post-big man you want to talk about. Like, that's what it kind of reminds me of almost. It's insane. Even when he's doing, like, a straight drive, it still seems as though... He's just so physically overpowering that no one even has a chance to hang with him. And it's like, it's startling to watch, man. And then and then just like the fact that he doesn't really need, even need to do anything to create separation. His shot itself, like, I don't know what it is. Maybe it's just like where he releases it or something. Or just like the quick the quickness with which he rises up. But it seems like he can create separation just by shooting. And that's it. Like, that doesn't really make any sense. But that's what it is. Like, he doesn't even have to move. And it's like, oh, he just has separation now because he's in the air shooting. It's 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 wild to watch. He's so so goddamn good. We're gonna do a thing at yeah, the end of that last night. That that fourth quarter, there was yeah. that one play where you know he backed up on Jimmy Butler. Yeah. 
um, and totally got the space that he needed to. And I mean, Jimmy's not an easy guy to push around, and he did it no problem. Spun back for the fadeaway and knocked it down. Um, and his balance was there. It wasn't like Jimmy was able to get him off his spot or anything like that. And if he can push around Jimmy, I mean, I, I think he might actually be stronger than LeBron. It's um, yeah, it's not like crazy to think about that. Like it's nuts. He's ridiculous. Yeah, I think I think he is stronger than LeBron, if even if it is only slightly. Um, and then of course he's got those MJ hands where he can just you know clasp anything mm-hmm. um so yeah it's a pretty ridiculous uh physical specimen that we're looking at <laughs> Kawhi didn't talk to the media on monday uh i think he was just like people were kind of done because it was a charlotte game so they didn't want to stick around too long so they gave up um but he was like the reason he wasn't in the locker room right away is he was lifting apparently <laughs> like he's just like yeah i need to get stronger sure that, that's necessary dude um <laughs> I'll take it, I guess. Yeah, it, it's it's remarkable. We're going to do a thing on this podcast at the end of every show now uh, where we're going to uh, just have one little thing about Kawhi Leonard that we appreciate or like because it might be only a one-year thing with Kawhi Leonard. There might be only 75 regular season games left and 16 playoff games in which they win all of them. But still, um, like there's not that many games left potentially of the Kawhi Leonard experience, as optimistic as I am that. Toronto is a pretty good place to sell to somebody over the course of a year. I, I just want to make sure we're not overlooking how awesome he is because, my God, it's, ne- it's something we've never seen before. So at the end of every show now, uh, we're going to do the little Kawhi Appreciation Minute just because uh, our, our friends at Birds All Day, uh, Stoughton and Drew, they kind of lamented the fact that the entire time Josh Donaldson was on the Blue Jays, they never really talked about him because he was just so consistently amazing. And then mm-hmm. he's gone, and it's like, oh shit, we didn't really talk about Josh Donaldson enough and how great he was. So we're gonna, we're not gonna make that same mistake. We're gonna learn from Stone and Drew, and we're going to spend a minute on each show to say, hey, uh, this, I like this thing about Kawhi. It'll be something different every day, but that'll be uh, a thing that we work in at the end of the show. So we'll get back to Kawhi later. Let's get to the bench right now. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor for today, and that is Blue Chew. Guys, let's talk about sex. Good sex. Now you can increase your performance and get that extra confidence in bed. Listen up. BlueChew.com. That's blue like the color blue. BlueChew.com brings you the first chewable with the same FDA-approved active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, so you know they work. You can take them anytime, day or night, even on a full stomach. And since they're chewable, they work up to twice as fast as a pill, so you can be ready to go whenever an opportunity arises. It's like your little own Flintstones vitamin that gets you going. It's, it's great. Blue Chew is prescribed online and shipped straight to your door in a discreet package, so no person, no in-person doctor's visits, no waiting in a pharmacy. And best of all, no more awkwardness like you're hearing on this advertisement. They're made in the U.S. and since Blue Chew prepares and ships direct, they're cheaper than a pharmacy. Right now, we've got a special deal for our listeners. Visit BlueChew.com and get your first shipment free when you use our special promo code LOCKEDON. Just pay shipping for $5 and that is it. Again, that's BlueChew.com, B-L-U-E Chew.com, promo code LOCKEDON to try it for free. Blue Chew is the better, cheaper, faster choice and we thank them for sponsoring the podcast. No matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax experts make them count. Did you say no to a big wedding and elope at the county courthouse? That's a move. Did you go back to school to get your degree? That's a move. Did you relocate for a fresh start? 
Well, that's literally a move. Maybe you moved into a houseboat instead of a house house, or switched gears from rideshare driving to video game streaming, or you rode the stock market to the moon and back. TurboTax experts make all your moves count, getting you every credit and deduction you deserve. They'll file with 100% accuracy and get you your max refund guaranteed. So switch to TurboTax, make your moves, they'll make them count. See guarantee details at TurboTax.com guarantees. Experts only available with TurboTax Live. All right, so let's dive into the bench because if there has been a sore spot through five games, and there's not that much to be upset about, they're five and zero and have kind of been dominant the entire time. Uh, it is the bench, and it's not like the struggles are hard to explain or see where they're coming from. Delon Wright's been out. Fred Van Vliet missed the last game, and there's not the continuity with that unit that there was last season. It was pretty much the same five guys all last year. It was hockey changes essentially, so they were going bench starters bench starters and you know over the course of time that unit played so many minutes together that it just had to be good together essentially it was just it it worked really well the pieces fit nicely and that's not been the case so far this season multiple reasons Jakob Pertl's gone of course um although I think both Abaka and Valanchunas are definitely better players than Pertl maybe the style of player is a little harder to fit in with uh, on a bench unit with these certain guys and their skill sets. CJ Miles has been pretty bad. He was 0-3 last night, 0-2 from deep. He has not looked awesome so far this year, and my premonition that he might get entirely squeezed out of the rotation by, by the end of the season is looking all right for me right now. Not so well, not so much for CJ. The, the GoDaddy curse is undefeated. I hope things work out for CJ because I love CJ, but it's just not looking good so far. Um, OG's been really nice off the bench, but I still... I don't know. Let me throw, run this one by you. I think Pascal Siakam right now is the better player than OG Ananobi. I almost wonder if Siakam should be on the bench just because his playmaking is like a nice little jolt to a lineup that really only has one go-to playmaker when Fred's out there. And, you know, I get even fewer, obviously, when it's, you know, Lorenzo Brown running the offense. And, like, no disrespect to Lorenzo Brown, but come on. Like, what do you think of the idea of, like, just... I know they've had Siakam and Ibaka kind of paired, and they've, they've started Siakam with Jonas as well. They've started Jonas and OG. I, I, I get the idea of swapping Ibaka and Valanciunas out. I just wonder if maybe Nurse should make the switch and just have OG be the starting three or start the starting four and have Siakam come off the bench just because just to sort of balance out the skills that are needed on those lineups. What do you think? Yeah, I mean, that's the five that I expected going into this season, so I completely see why you think that's the better option um i think that's something that would have been viable when one of the two backup point guards was out just because that way you get siakam and fred or siakam and delon uh handling the ball um because you can see that really lacking um all due respect to norm when he gets the ball up top Mm -hmm. uh so i i definitely see uh why that could be the option um and then you know siakam to ananobi in the starting lineup how much rebounding do you, do you lose um that's obviously been a bit of a weak spot uh, for the raptors in that starting unit mm-hmm. so i don't know if that's been a bit of a concern for him um for nurse so i can see uh, both sides of it uh just because i think at this point you know you're trying to develop that familiarity where okay yeah you're gonna experiment but at the same time 
if you're rolling with one thing for now, for this stretch, for however long it may be, you might as well get that group as comfortable as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think at this point, once he started with that sort of Siakam uh, Ibaka front court, I think it made sense to roll with it. Obviously, if he had gone with OG and Ibaka and then brought Siakam off the bench, um, which I personally would have preferred, um, I think that would have been the way to go uh, as well. So I, I don't think I'm necessarily against either option. Mm-hmm. Uh, in hindsight, I definitely see why Siakam would help that group, especially in the absence of Delon, um, who looks like he will be missing against Dallas again. Yeah, that's uh, Yeah, not great. Uh, but uh, that's why you have a stacked team. So if he needs to rest against Dallas, he will rest against Dallas. Um, but yeah, no, I, I, I see both sides of it. And just, it just I think it just so happens to be that uh, Nurse leaned one way and... Um, you know, even even through these struggles, I think this bench unit of you know Fred and Norm and CJ and OG and JV will learn and improve. Yeah, look, man, there's no wrong answers. Like the Raptors are insanely good, and whoever they start, as long as they're starting next to Kyle, Kawhi, and Danny Green, like it's probably going to be really good anyway. Um, yeah, I'm just like while. Delon's out, and while Fred, I guess, nurses his toe back, he practiced today, so maybe it's not going to be any more than the one-game thing for him, which would be excellent because he's been really, really freaking good so far. Um, like I, I just, in the interest of kind of trying to like inject a little bit of life in that, into that unit, I could see Siakam maybe be making more sense off the bench, but again, there's not really a wrong answer, and it's going to change a lot, and there will be certain bench nights where, you know, the way the rotation's set up, it, it, you know, you'll have... Guys who fit a little bit better. Once Delon's back, you might just have Delon, Fred, you know, I, Norm. I suppose like they'll it'll work out. They'll end up having enough dudes. I think it'll all kind of blend together. And like the fact that the starters are sort of it, it looks like they're going to be really good every night, considering who's in there. Like maybe you can get away with having the bench be sort of neutral if it's not going to be the same lineup it was last year, which it can't be because Pat Pertle's gone. Like it. I could. You don't have to have the best bench in the league when you have Kawhi freaking Leonard in your starting five. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's a different yeah, kind of problem to exactly. have. Yeah, it's not like last year where they were kind of hemorrhaging. At least at the start of the year, they they ended up having a really good starting five too, and then they won fifty nine games because all of their lineups were good. But it's not like a yeah, couple this years year it's ago. It's going to be right? a bit yeah. more traditional, right? Where yeah. you have your top eight nine guys in the rotation that or top eight. That's probably what you roll with, right? Like, yeah. Um. You know. Uh, based on what we've seen so far, um, I doubt Norm sees much playoff time. Um, he's been fine. He's been fine. He's he's doing okay. He's 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 no, no, no. I I just mean you know <laughs> he's, he's solid. This team is stacked, yeah. but you know you, you probably in the playoffs you're probably going to see Kawhi bump up to you know 38, 40 minutes a night. You're yeah. going to see Kyle bump up to 38, 40 minutes a night. So it's not just Norm that's going to suffer. You're going to see one of Delon or Fred suffer a little bit in terms of playing time as well. Yeah. So um, I just this team is just extremely. Stacked. Sorry, I just wanted to defend. Norm. Um, I just wanted to defend Norm, Norm, Norm's honor. I, he's no, been, I, I was gonna actually yeah. go from Norm to CJ and say the same thing as well. But <laughs> now I agree with you. Um, it, like so far, if you had to judge between CJ and Norm, it's probably been Norm that's been the better player. Um, I don't even think there's a doubt about that. Miles has had yeah. a couple nice sequences, and he had the really fun face in uh, the consternation face after that foul he picked up against Charlotte. 
did a nice yep. block last night. But Norm has been, I think, way more functional with that lineup. And has yeah. actually kind of provided a little offensive punch, which it needs right now. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. And you know, and then again, going into the Dallas game, uh, you're probably looking at Valanciunas starting again. Yeah. Um, against DeAndre Jordan, so um, his favorite again. meal, DeAndre Jordan. Num 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 num. Just eats him up every game. It's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> him and Andre Drummond. I don't know what his favorite meal actually is. It's like pizza and burgers for him. It's you know. Well, it's probably not primo pasta. <laughs> Uh, no, that's uh, Carl Towns now. After not wanting, after after wanting to be subbed out after an air ball, that's some Bargnani shit right there. Um, <laughs> poor Towns. I, I still am on Team Towns and Wiggins. Butler's an insane person. Um, what do you think of the idea of like Nurse staggering a little bit more, especially while Delon's out, to try to kind of balance things out a little bit more? Because Kawhi and Kyle have. Danny, even back to the preseason, have played most of their minutes together. And, like, it's not a bad way to go about it because they just right. blitz teams together. I mean, what are they, they have, like, 20 to 9 last night after uh, the first, like, six or seven minutes with those two? Like, it was ridiculous. They're yeah. so good together. But, like, I don't know. Would you like to see some Kyle in the bench mob action a little bit, even though it's a bunch of different bench mob guys and maybe it doesn't fit quite the same way? Uh, Kawhi sort of being just like an offensive staple on the bench. Maybe he can ignite some defense with the bench as well. Like, do you would do you like the idea of potentially just like having one of those guys on the court at all times as opposed to sticking with the hockey changes for now? Uh, yeah, I think that will come with time. I think a lot of uh, Kyle and Kawhi playing together has been to, you know, just accelerate the familiarity that they have with each other. Yeah. Uh, so, you know, the first couple games we saw Kawhi play – just about the first 11 minutes of the first quarter before checking out. Um, and then last night against uh, the Wolves, we saw that at about the three-and-a-half minute, four-minute mark, I want to say, that he came out mm-hmm. and then was able to come back in a bit earlier in the second quarter to prop up. Well, he opened the second quarter, if I remember correctly. Um, so he was able to prop up that bench unit. Um, so I think that's the way Nurse will tra- trend towards um, now that you know, we kind of know what Kyle can do. We can know what Kawhi can do. They, they've established that they're pretty comfortable playing with each other. Um, and, you know, let's figure out what's the better option. Is it is That's sort of the advantage you have now. Um, and, again, I talked about this before. Because the fact that this team is so good that you're able to win these games even with trying stuff out uh, where, you know, you've got this margin for error, um, you can figure out what's better, whether it's the hockey changes or whether it's you know uh, making sure that one of Kyle or Kawhi is always on the floor. So I think we'll see maybe over the next stretch a bit more staggering, a bit more understanding of what's what and with you know when Kyle's with the bench unit, what Kawhi's like with the bench unit, and then I think Nurse will go from there. Yeah, it's a uh, it's a good Sorry, problem that was to have. Helpful. No, that's okay. It's the, that's what the podcast is for. It's a place for you to spew your mouthfuls. That's what I do all the time. It's no big deal. Um, but uh, yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a good problem to have. Uh, the, oh, the the back end of the roster isn't quite destroying teams the way it was last year. Boohoo! It's gonna be fine. <laughs> I Raptors fans should definitely start being more arrogant. That's definitely for certain. Um, like, take advantage of it while you can, man, because. God, it might not last forever. Speaking of which, let's get to our Kawhi Appreciation Minute. Uh, Vivek, what is your one nugget of Kawhi Appreciation you would like to get out into the world right now? 
I appreciate that the Raptors are undefeated in the Kawhi era. <laughs> and the Nick Nurse era, too. And the Nick Nurse era. Yeah. I mean, here we go. 82-0. Let's get it. <laughs> uh, I appreciate Kawhi's like, very subtle flex in the postgame last night where they were asking about whether or not he saw the ball. He's like, no, nah, I didn't see it. I just knew it was going to be there. <laughs> like, it's... He's a basketball <laughs> robot. It's insane, but uh, there are little bits of personality, and think, I think him realizing how good he is coming out. I also I can't get over how much it seems like Nick Nurse just loves how good Kawhi is, and he just seems like a little kid talking about it at times. I don't know if you've noticed whenever he like brings up Kawhi in a press conference or something, he'll have this little shit eating grin, like, <laughs> yeah. We have fucking Kawhi. He's pretty dope. Um, yeah. So I appreciate yeah. what Kawhi does to Nick Nurse um, as well. It's pretty nice. Well, I think it was it was uh, Eric Perrine of the Athletic that asked that question right uh, yeah. before the game of you know who is is it going to be Kawhi that picks up the matchup on Jimmy and he was like <laughs> yep that's why we got that guy yeah so he can guard that guy. Did you see what Damari <laughs> Carroll did against him in that one half? Uh, yeah, we're gonna put Kawhi on him. <laughs> <laughs> God, that half will haunt me for a long time. 41 points and a surgery-inspired. Kawhi is here to erase all those memories. Yeah, it doesn't matter anymore because Kawhi kind of sunned him last night, which is pretty cool. Uh, Yep. Because Jimmy's in the wrong with all of this Minnesota stuff, and I stand by it. Team Towns, baby, even though he was 5 of 17 last night and asked to be pulled out of the game. And a move that I can only imagine Jimmy Butler is still mad about today, but that doesn't matter. Also, shouts to Anthony Tolliver for uh, being still in the league after DeMar dunked on him last year. And uh, yes. I, I very much appreciated when Kawhi had his big dunk in the first half. Uh, shouts to Anthony Tolliver for thinking about maybe trying to block it, but then realizing, nah, dude, I'm not about getting dunked on by another Raptor. Not happening. <laughs> uh, I think that's going to do it for today's podcast. This has been extensive for a, a game that I didn't watch uh, in full. I feel uh, pretty good about what happened, and uh, I feel good about knowing what's going on with the team. So that's good. Thanks to you for really carrying the load on this one. Much appreciated. Uh, where can people check your stuff out, Vivek? Uh, you can find me at Sportsnet, at The Athletic, at Raptors Republic, and here and there on Vice. Right on. Uh, you can find me, Raptors HQ, of course, Locked on Raptors. I host a weekly basketball show on Tuesdays where I talk a lot about the Raptors, but also McMaster basketball and other Hamilton basketball-related things, which is cool. So you should check that out. Tuesday nights, TSN 1150 from 7 to 8. Our next episode starts or is on the air during the start of the Philly-Toronto game on Tuesday, so I doubt you're going to listen. But we do podcast it and put it on the internet, so you can listen to that. It's called Hamilton is Hoops if you're into that. And, uh, yeah, that's about it. Please subscribe, rate, review on iTunes. It's the best way to support the show. I wrote a thing yesterday for Raptors HQ. It's still viable. It's not like it's out of date or anything. It's it's about the Charlotte game, but it's five plays from the Charlotte game that you're going to see a whole lot of this season. Uh, so I had some fun with that one. And you can read that still, Raptors HQ. You can, yeah, all of my stuff's at HQ at this point. So thank you for reading. Thanks for being a, a supporter. Oh, also Patreon. Patreon.com slash, uh, or Sean. Patreon.com slash Sean Woodley Raptors. That's the site you should go to to give me money if you'd like to. If you like my work, if you want to support me, and you want some extra premium podcasts, including one this week about Mike James, which is very good, I must say. We go through the entirety of his rant uh, about 
you know, people being mad about him shooting 30 times a game back in 06. It's fantastic. Myself and Joe Wolfon. So if you want to listen to that, please subscribe to my Patreon page, uh, patreon.com slash Raptors. Any amount of subscription will get you access to that podcast, as well as the first podcast of the, of the premium line with uh, Kelly Dwyer. So thanks in advance for taking the time and money to do that as well if that's something you dig and something you want to support support the stuff you like it's uh, it's it's not it's not the easiest racket this this here sports media thing so if you like something you want to see more of it please consider subscribing to anything you like it doesn't have to be my page it can be anything there's lots of good stuff out there for you to subscribe to on patreon all right, I'm going to shut up now. Thank you so much for listening. We're going to be back on Thursday or Friday. Is it Thursday right now? So Friday morning, probably, yes. or Thursday night. Myself and Nick Angstat from Locked On Mavs are going to talk about the Mavs ahead of Friday's game. And then I'm going to have one more episode this week at some point, uh, either on Saturday after the Mavs game or uh, some point on Friday with Jake Madison. I'm trying to line one up with Jake Madison and talk about the Pelicans because they're my number two team this year, and I think they should be yours too, and Jake is going to come on and sell them to you. So uh, that should be a fun one when we do get to it. Scheduling has been a kind of a tricky one this week, but hopefully we get to it soon. That's going to do it. Thank you so much for tuning in. We will talk to you next time on Locked on Raptors. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Thank you.